If you could change your name to any name, what name would it be? Sean. Uh, Sasha. Frost with a PH. Well, you already go by Sean. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, this is my Starbucks name. Do you like the name Sean? <laughs> uh, so I used it for a little bit, and I started liking it less. I like loved it at first, but I started liking it less the more people. Did you call feel? Me that. Did you go by that in high school? No, college. Oh. Yeah. It was like a rebrand, and ah. I, didn't, I didn't like the rebrand. In this <laughs> culture, you're gonna get canceled for using a gentrified name. Sasha. That's that's a multicultural. Sean it's is a, a Pakistani name. Pakistani? Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she gentrified herself. <laughs> a Desi name. What do you wait? What are you correcting me for? What did I say wrong? You said Sean is a Pakistani name. It Pakistan. is a Pakistani name. The okay, she doesn't get it. It's fine. <laughs> okay, Sasha. The way the way you said Pakistani. Okay, it's a Pakistani name. <laughs> Sasha. Why are you Why are you Sasha? My friends say that my alter ego is Sasha, and a few times randomly. She's gonna say something about being life. fierce, aren't you? No, a few times randomly throughout my life. I've had some people that like, come up to me and be like, hey, Sasha. And then another person was like, hey, what's your name? I feel like you should be a Sasha. So that name is just reoccurring throughout my life. So I feel like if I had another name that wasn't Amber, it would be Sasha. Where does the Sasha Fierce thing come from? Do you Beyonce. guys know? Beyonce? I'm pretty she sure. She says it in a song or something? I'm pretty sure she like went by it or something. I like any name I'll that look. starts with an S. This is fire. So. True. <laughs> Oh, that was her um, album, I Am Sasha Fierce. Oh. Oh, okay. I the love the name Frost with a PH. I think that's amazing. <laughs> I think it's thing. better. I think it's better than your name right now. Oh my I gosh. Agree. <laughs> I agree. With a PH would be just phenomenal. That would be hard. That would be hard though. Yeah. I, no. What? You, you mean it would go hard? What? Sure. It'll go hard. It'll go it hard. It does. It does. Let us let us it know. It does, I'm change but it. I, I feel like it'd be difficult. I'm gonna I'm gonna legally change it so that I can have the ph. Do ph ras. I feel like people would pronounce it more the way that it's meant to be pronounced if it was with the ph. No, they would still say Ferris. 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 It's, it's actually pronounced Ferris. Right. I feel like it'd be like, but like if you were to you know Americanize that, it'd be Ferris. Okay. Right? Am I wrong? I don't think it makes a difference. I think <laughs> people would just see the PH and say it however they would do it with an F. Anyways, you know, I feel like this you, podcast you, has a name. You know you know what sounds better? Oh, not a good transition. What? Keep going. What? You ruined oh, no. it. That's I'm why. So, so, I'm so sorry. I was trying to help <laughs> you out. The, what sounds better is the sound of this podcast. Wow. Because you, er, thank you guys for tuning in to an episode of Strange <laughs> My name is Shimmer. Amber just lost my train. I'm so sorry, guys. My name is it's, Shimmer. It's 2 a.m. right now. My name is Shimmer. I'm Faras. Paras. Paris. Oh, I am Amber wait a Sasha Fierce. Wait a second. What if people started calling me Paris? If I had Yo, the PH. That's fire. Oh my god. That's I wouldn't fire. even I wouldn't even correct them. You know what else is fire? Paris this is brought to you fire. by Olive Theory. That's what what's fire. <laughs>
<laughs> if you want to email us some cool questions, guys, who can email us? That's that's who? the question. Who can email us? Who can't email us? Who can't email us? Not People your been, cousin. Listen, listen up. Don't don't sign us up for spam yeah. emails. Okay. Yo, we've been. We know what you're doing. We, we, know we know what you're doing. You're mm-hmm. taking advantage of us being so open and giving giving our email out there, and here you are getting in the way of nice, wonderful people who actually want to share their life with us and ask us questions, and and you just want to sign us up for what, discounts what? on on Groupon. What's I mean, I'm, I don't mind the discounts saw. on Groupon. Groupon if, if, is if, a discount website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, well, well, if you have some good ones that are like beneficial to fake. the podcast, yeah. no, they're, they're fake. fake. It's like it's like I'm trapped in uh, in Congo right now. Oh my uh, god, no! You just have to send uh, send me a million dollars and no, uh, it's not even million dollars. It's like a million dollars in Xbox and you know Fandango <laughs> gift cards, and it's like that's so specific. The but. people who have trapped me just all they need is an Xbox. They need the PS5. Please <laughs> send it over. PS5. What's this PS5 hype? Um, I don't know because we're gonna be talking about who can send their music in, um, <laughs> uh, and what genres can they send? What music genres can they send? Only uh, everything. Only everything. I want someone to send uh, Bollywood samples. Bollywood hmm. samples. That's fire, actually. That yeah. that fit in. We need or, to befriend that uh, that dude who made Young Shahrukh. Yeah, and I would also like if you sent like a unique genre, like a genre bending. You know, something that no one's ever heard. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that would be, but that would be cool. And where you can send your emails and music is Strange Flavors Podcast at Gmail. But no metal, no heavy metal. He said what? I, he said John, let let the man. He's a genre bender. Okay, he's a genre. You might bender, be. What are you a water bender? He's a genre bender. <laughs> genre bender. <laughs> let the man bend. Bender. Yeah, let the All man right. bend. Bend yeah. away. So if you have heavy metal, we would maybe a more intense episode. We would love that, right? Wow. Right, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm you in. can let your friends know where you listen to the podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify, literally anywhere. And if you want to see our beautiful faces, guys, last week I disappointed you with the background. This week I went extra hard. Yeah, you really did. He's going so hard. Tell, tell him what's on my background. It's so inspirational. Everything, everything is on your backyard. 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 It's so. It could be his backyard. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Planet Earth while I'm recording a podcast. It's, it's amazing. Both it's both inspiring and mm. just soothing, beautiful, soothing, um, inspirational. You know, it, I think it makes you, it really makes you pop. You know how like sometimes people, you know, w- might have like a blue jacket on, they have blue eyes, and it makes their eyes pop more. I feel yeah. like your nature is coming out by me mm. seeing the nature in the background. Wow, beautiful. that was deep. That was beautiful. And Take you us can deeper. find us in nature, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also just in nature. <laughs> Add strange flavors. And guys, if you want to be an executive producer of this podcast, uh oh. Like our executive producer, Bobber Bagel. Oh snap. <laughs> oh snap. A simple link down below where you can help support this podcast to sustain future episodes. Literally, we have increased our production budget and everything because of Bobber Bagel, solely because of him. We wow. can we can now have um, little sweets while we do the podcast. Yeah, our mouth will no longer go dry. So we we can we can afford to have Wait, little I, tiny. I, you know I, how your grandma I, I gives you those sweets. little. Look at oh, your well, mic. We could, you got a brand new at? mic. Amber, Amber got, got a brand, brand new, new mic. mic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> solely because of Barbara uh, Bagel. Solely because of Barbara Bagel. That's oh, factually okay. incorrect, but it's it's yeah, factually it incorrect. It is factually incorrect, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. So if you want to be an executive producer, him him helping the podcast inspired me to get this mic. Yeah, and we hope Ooh. his bagel business <laughs> is thriving because yeah. I started buying uh, everything but the bagel seasoning solely because of Bobber Bagel. Wow. Everything but the bagel seasoning. Yeah. Have you never heard you of it? That's a. Is, what is a, that? It's a seasoning that has everything but the bagel. So it's like sesame, all the toppings that are on and everything. But there's no bagel. bagel. But there's no bagel. It's everything but the so bagel. So it's just seeds. It's like it has everything that's on an everything bagel. How's that? Se- that's seasoning. How's that a bagel? Everything but the bagel seasoning. So that's not a bagel. And you eat it. You just eat the seasoning. No, you put it on like avocados and salads, like oh. toast, anything. You put it on anything. on both sides. On you can put it on a bagel too, but like that's boring. Why would you put that on a bagel? Just buy the bagel with everything on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I would agree, but maybe people want a little extra pizzazz. Yeah, and speaking of pizzazz, Fine. guys, amazing announcement! I'm mm. telling you guys, this is the greatest thing that will blow your minds. I'm peeing my pants right now. Peeing my pants. I've been peeing my pants ever since we even incepted this idea, conceived this idea. Uh-oh. Guys. Wow. July 1st. Oh? Mm-hmm. What's happening? July 1st. Mm-hmm. We are dropping ronoponal.com. Get out. Stop. Ronoponal.com, guys. I can't. What? Guys. I can't. I you want to know what's on it? You want to know what's on it? What's on it, Sean? I can't. You can't know. Until June 1st. <gasps> Until June 1st. Uh, but please, we want to know what's on the website, Shamir. No, you have to wait until June first oh because my God. this is gonna change your this is gonna change your life. It's gonna blow your mind. Wow. Everything is gonna be. If changed. I right now, I'm setting my calendar for July first for this launch to make sure that I am fully me aware. Me too. Of what's I oh just got it. Me too right I'm now. setting oh, my calendar. Even though I knew right about now. it, I, I'm changing. If it you too. guys want to know before <laughs> it drops. At anonymous, let them know to expose. Expose it, yeah. and they will. Just add okay. anonymous. Yo, what's gonna be on Ronaldo.com? Yeah. Uh, lead story. And yeah. guys, this announcement's actually a worldwide exclusive premiere. You guys are the first <laughs> to know this. That's why he has that background. That's why because I have this background. The penguins are listening. <laughs> the jellyfish are listening. Uh, the lions are listening. So everyone across the world is hearing this right now. You wow. are a special listener if you're hearing this. Listen, I'm a part of the squad and don't even know what's on this website. I'm excited. Wow. And that's not unique because Amber doesn't know what's going on 90% Ever. of the time. <laughs> even though we tell her. <laughs> she Ever. Hey, guys, sh- I'm pretending like I don't know so I could be one of them. <laughs> that you're pretending. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm sorry. Yo, that's an awesome announcement. And Shamir, thank you for um, you know breaking that all down. Uh, I think that you know you're incredible at what you do, um, and I want to shout out another person who's incredible at what they do, and it's Ahmad. I thought you were saying Ahmad Bagel again for some reason. 
Emma this are another shout out. No, Emma this are is our great friend um, who appears on the podcast here and there. But he's been doing a great job of posting a bunch of social media clips um, and and YouTube clips for you guys. That um, you know, if you want to see little highlights of the episodes um, on Instagram, and and you guys have been awesome in engaging with those and sharing them, um, and on YouTube as well. Uh, that is all credit to Emma because he's putting in a lot of hard work. Um, Good job, yeah, it, it's, it, it's it was awesome. hilarious the other day. He's just like posted up like this with like his mouse and he's just like editing away, <laughs> looking like he's about to hack something. But yeah. He's cute. He's, if uh, you're wondering, Emma is the cheetah from Ronald Pono. Yeah. Hey, he's more than that, okay? No, but that's like, that's an iconic thing. It is. Like, yeah. You, like, that's, there couldn't be Emma, a better but, role than being but, the cheetah. But Emma the himself cheetah. is iconic. Like, oh, he for is sure. the icon. For sure, he Facts. like he put cheetahs on the map. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, cheetah. Wow. Like, like before Tiger King, like he was. That. Pe- oh my god. <laughs> Where do you think that came from? Yeah. Wow. He <laughs> inspired awesome. Carol Baskin. <laughs> All right, we don't. We don't. We don't um, associate. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's fine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all jokes aside, guys. Uh, you know, uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us in everything that we do, and it's awesome that we're continuing to be able to do this because you guys, you know, continue to support us. So your support means the world to us, um, and and we love you for that. Um, okay, so today, um, before we get into the guest, uh, we do want to address kind of like what's been going on in the world a little bit, because uh, it is a really weird time to be living. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been learning a lot. A lot of things that I wasn't taught in school that I had no idea about. Um, and and it's been great because, you know, I think a lot of people are confused during this time and that's okay. But at the same time, um, we're not supposed to have the answers. Don't, don't put that pressure on yourself and don't put that pressure on others, I would say. If people are making an effort to learn, continue doing so. I know that for myself, like there's just a lot of stuff that I didn't realize that I didn't know or or I, I've heard of things um, you know being problematic or you know have heard it historically in in little in, in a little bit of a different way than we're hearing now but because I don't know that I have um, a lot of amazing friends and and people that I like supporting that are sharing that information and even if you're just sharing uh, something that you learn I think that you're doing a great part in uh, you know, everybody just educating each other and continuing to learn more and not relying on just like uh, school or uh, the news or whatever it may be to give us that information. So, you know, I want to encourage everybody to continue doing that. Uh, for example, you know, I have I've heard of this crisis going on in Yemen for a while and I didn't really know much about it. I guess it, it's also like um, my own fault as well that you know, we hear about things that happen to kind of either around us in where we live. So, you know, in Maryland or even in the States, or sometimes, you know, we, we look at things that are happening in South Asia because that's relevant to us and, and our communities. Uh, but sometimes you get overwhelmed because it's just like, well, there's so much going on in the world. You know, I guess this counts as one of those things. Um, but, you know, just finding out recently while... Um, everything else was going on that Yemen is facing the largest humanitarian crisis in the world and has been facing that for a while and I think it's only being sort of highlighted right now because 
you know, they were already going through war, hunger, poverty. And then on top of that, now they're facing COVID-19. Um, and, and again, I want to share something that I saw that kind of helps put things into perspective better than I'll, I'll be able to. So I want to share this with everybody listening right now. Um, this is something that comes from uh, an Instagram account, The Defiant Movement. Um, and they said, if Yemen was 100 people, so put this into perspective, if Yemen was uh, you know, just 100 people, 80 of them uh, need humanitarian aid to survive. 60 have nothing to eat. 58 have no access to clean water. 52 have no access to health care. And 11 are malnourished. But Yemen isn't 100 people. Yemen is 28.5 million people. So just, I mean, if you just think about that, I mean, how difficult of a situation for people um, you know, going through something like that. And I, I really hope, you know, um, as things come more into light and we get more information, we're able to continue pushing that information out there and demand that our leaders step up and do something about it. So I wanted to share that and let you guys know that, um, you know, while we, we don't know all of the answers and we can't make this change happen overnight, continue educating yourself. I've linked below. Um, an article which shares six ways that you can help out right now um, there are different petitions you can sign if you don't have money and of course there are um, really great organizations that are doing awesome work that you can donate to if you if you would like to and I would encourage again like make sure to look up where that money is going how you're helping um, and just continue to share information because uh, again I know that it's a lot of pressure because I think all of us are feeling that and um, you know, I using think especially our right now, I think with everything that's already been happening domestically and then having to like kind of bear that weight, too. I can only imagine what it's like for the people in Yemen, if it's hard for us to even like for me, I mentioned to you guys, like it's hard for me to even approach that information because I honestly feel like my heart can't handle it. But the reality is, imagine living that situation. Yeah, exactly. So again, it's linked below. Please check it out. Uh, continue to share that information. The second thing I wanted to share for today uh, was Juneteenth. So mm -hmm. truthfully, I didn't know what Juneteenth was. I had I've, no clue before. I've seen it on my calendar before, but I, I didn't know what it was because I've never heard of it in school. Yeah. So I, again, I actually I'm, learned about it in, like from a TV show. Like hmm. really, recently. do you remember what it was? It was uh, called Watchmen, but it wasn't even like okay super um like african-american related they did mm -hmm. have like a lot of african-american characters but it was uh and they talked about that yeah yeah so before we go any further i, I do want to share for people that don't know again this is coming from another um account that i think did a really great job at explaining some of the some of the facts here um i am asa duggar i hope i said that right but uh she made this awesome post that kind of just says everything uh clearly and there's a lot more to this but basically uh juneteenth celebrates the end of slavery in the united states most americans celebrate the fourth of july as independence day but she said let's let's be clear that black people were not free so you know mm -hmm. we always think of july 4th mm -hmm. as independence day but black people were not free yet um she goes on to uh with this slide that says texas was the last state to abolish slavery and the first state to recognize Juneteenth as an official state holiday. Mm -hmm. um, Juneteenth still has not been declared a national holiday in America. Yeah. So she encourages people to take off work to, uh, to reflect and celebrate anyway. 
And the last thing that's really interesting, it says President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863, yet the news of freedom landed in uh, Galveston, Texas, two and a half years later on June wow. 19th, 1865. So for, for two and a half years uh, in the Deep South, there were plenty of people that didn't even know that they were free yet. It's crazy. Yeah. So. This was, this was really interesting, and, and I've been reading as much as I can uh, and, and trying to absorb what I can right now. But um, again, it's, it's, so, it's so weird that, you know, we have so many holidays, which we don't always know the history of. But because even in school, we're just so used to celebrating them and doing uh, little crafts and um, little assignments around them. I feel like this was important, them. though. Like, I feel like we should like this should have been a part of our American history class. Yeah. Yeah. And also, and, and, uh, there's no rec- like I remember learning about slavery and the Holocaust, but I feel I like also, this was. I also just found out about Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was a thing either. I had yeah. never heard of Black Wall Street, and there was this whole, you know, um, town and like where they literally black people were mm-hmm. succeeding, and it, and it was taken down. And yeah. I would encourage you guys to look that up too, because I don't want to speak, um, you know, wrong information about it. But it's just so crazy that all of this is shoved away and, and, and it's not put in front of us yeah but i'm really proud of everybody doing the work and, and bringing this information out and everybody who is using their influence in that way um again i'm super thankful to like all of our friends that we know online and that's what makes you know the internet a beautiful place where if you didn't know before um and you surround yourself with people who are you know uh seeking the truth it's awesome that that you can learn in the process and if you didn't know by the way like it's okay There's so Mm -hmm. much that we didn't know. I think that, you know, sometimes white people especially get really scared um, in all of these situations because they feel like maybe there's a lot of blame being put on them. But that's not what it is. Nobody is saying nobody is against white people or nobody who's actually, you know, doing uh, the right thing and and seeking the truth is doing that. And Um, I think that, like, if you are if you're able to admit that you didn't know something and that, like, you now know it or you're like learning from it. Like, I feel like that's way more respectable than just pretending like you like, oh, I know it. I just, you know, I'm not going to speak for whatever it is. Like, I think there's a lot to learn for all of us. There's a lot of things that we don't know. And it's not necessarily our fault for coming across in history. But now that we are being made aware of it, I do think it becomes our responsibility to do our research. Mm-hmm. If you believe in freedom, if you believe in justice and some other important American values, then you don't put a condition to them. And anybody that understands that, that people are truly just wanting to be free and, and, and they want justice, will not get offended or scared to stand up for what's right. Yeah. Um, and before we transition to the, uh, transition to the guest, uh, there was an interesting tweet that I saw that kind of has to do with a lot of um, the, the influence on social media. So it's this guy, Neil Strauss, and and he said, social media posts used to be a reflection of real life, but at some point, real life became a performance for social media. There is likely no turning back, only the next step forward into the hall of mirrors. I think that this might be coming from a place of, um, I know, for example, I've been seeing some people that are, uh, there's this account on Instagram called influencers in the wild, and it's, and it's, influencers who are holding up a sign in a protest or posing in front of police um, 
or doing something silly during these protests just to just to say or, or pretending like they're helping and like building yeah. things up or like like being a part of like or at least in that environment of things being broken down but like then walking immediately away from it and even before all of this um you know before the all of these movements started to rise i think that neil has a point here so what do you guys think about that do you think it's there's a truth to what he's saying about you know that social media used to be reflection of life but now life is a performance for social media I totally agree. I think, like, especially for people that aren't, like, social media or in terms, like, their profession's not on social media. Like, they work normal and then uh, for their friends and stuff. I think it's even sometimes a lot of the times, like, more amplified for them. Like, they go on trips and they're like, oh, let me show my friends what I'm doing. And then they're not really, like, obviously we have influencers, you know, taking advantage of that for their career, you know, doing stuff like that. Um, just like going on trips trying to make people jealous and like showing that they're on trips even though they may not fully enjoy it and do it just for like a picture or something and it is kind of sad I, don't know. I think it i think it's a similar conversation to you know when youtubers used to film themselves doing good good deeds mm. and uh you know it would kind of uh promote them in that way and uh people would say like okay well you're just doing it in front of the camera but then it did inspire some people to also do something good um yeah i was gonna say that th this is not a new idea if you think about it you know in in the capitalist society that we live in this is a a corporate formula where they will do things um to to have a good pr presence for people and then they can write it off in their taxes and it's actually beneficial to them because when they support some sort of a social movement um it it helps them amongst people, but then it also helps them financially. So now that people are their own business in social influencing, I don't, I don't think that it's just their fault. I think that this is a formula that, that you know, works for a capitalist society. I'm kind of stuck somewhere in the middle, to be completely honest. And the reason why is because, like, you know how they say, like oh being woke is a trend now like oh like being woke is like like oh people are just doing that to be cool so should you not and, be and that's that see that's where i'm stuck in the middle it's like okay yeah but at the same time they're probably influencing others around them from it but at the same time is it authentic but at the same time there's still something beneficial coming out of it so again we've talked about this in the past a lot of things have to do with your intention um, but at the end of the day, it's it's just hard because even if a company, for example, going back to your, um, what you were saying, even if a company does something for PR, the fact that they put that, you know, out there means something to the others. It's sending a message. So it's like, even though it might not be authentic, there's still a positive coming out of it. So it's just like a weird, weird middle place for me. Yeah. And sure. I, I think at the same time, it is pushing companies to be more like actually like genuine i don't know if it's genuine aware. but like they're they are being more aware like nike is somebody that like you know sponsors uh colin kaepernick and after and like i don't know how genuine that is but i feel like it is pretty genuine because he accepts you know that sponsorship or whatever and like that ad so i feel like more companies are saying okay like being actually good is probably good for me and in turn they might actually start ending up being good 
I it's nice that it's nice that these days people are not just accepting that bare minimum of them uh, making an ad or making a post for something, right. but they're saying, "Okay, cool. Now put your money where your mouth is, mm. and we want to see okay. what you're actually doing about it." And even, I think that even making strong statements like Ben and Jerry's, like I was really surprised by what they put out today, and it was literally because it was on brand, but it was also very aware of society it was a big big bowl of ice cream like ben and jerry so like big big bowl of ice cream and it said u.s police budget 115 billion and it had a scoop being taken out and it was basically somebody scooping out different little pieces and it said affordable housing job training education mental health counseling substance abuse treatment like it was interesting So taking a little bit of ice cream away from uh the the bigger uh, police budget and using that budget in little bowls creative yeah, and, on and brand exactly and like that was like in a way more powerful because it, it was like more authentic to themselves yeah. well, well the the owners actually went out to the protest and stuff and they oh. I, th I think one of them almost got arrested because they were so involved hmm. so you can tell like you know with a post like that and you work backwards it's like oh they are actually very genuine they right. are actually believe these things and they well, so then we know the answer, right? I think when it comes to social influencers, you can't just stop at a picture mm -hmm. and uh, and and or a post. Yeah, you, I think we, we're also getting smarter. Like people are starting to learn when people are more fake, mm. and like I think, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I and also like um, I wouldn't. It, it's funny the things that people um, you know do for a picture or a video or something. We're there all the time, so I'm not. I'm never looking at somebody like if if that's what they do, um, in that way that like if they're making themselves look silly in public for uh, a photo or video, unless it's harming other people, unless it's disrespectful in some way, and also in this case, if it's uh, you know taking over a movement um, in an inauthentic way. Mm -hmm. So for we would just yeah. I think we just we just want to see yeah. at also, the end of the day. Also people's we're, intentions we're like not perfect like we you know For do sure. youtube we do youtube you know we have a podcast like obviously there's s some variations we're not like on one side you know completely like we do stuff for performance sometimes and we do this so we're not perfect either yeah i think everyone's learning and that's the main thing here yeah um with that i do want to introduce the guest who, who shares a little bit about how he deals with um, you know social media and and the and the separation between real life and how he's perceived uh, online. So you know this stranger uh, from his hilarious TikToks as the relatable imam. It's hilarious. Um, he's been a rising influencer in the Muslim community, but he's also gotten himself in a bit of Twitter trouble while trying to handle the internet fame. He's here to break that down um, with his thoughts on all of that and balancing a busy work schedule while being authentic to his art and a whole lot more. So everyone, please welcome our guest, Imran Yeh. I gotta testify, come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma test the sky. I gotta testify, come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma test the sky. Okay, fire. <laughs> what up? <laughs> Imran? Imran Ye, is that how you say it? Yeah, it's like Kanye, but Imran oh. Ye, very similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, right to the point. Yeah. Um, why, why the, why the Kanye type thing? Just, do, are you a Kanye fan or? 
Uh, Kanye fan, maybe not as much the music as I am kind of like the mindset of Kanye was. Interesting. Yeah, like a, a lot of what he stands for is as a creative person, like he's someone who does a lot of different things. Hmm. Uh, and I identified with that. And then also, like, he struggled a lot with, you know, mental health and stuff like that, which I struggled with as well. Mm. Um, so I feel like I identify with Kanye on that front. Um, Did you like, like his music a lot at first? I actually, I don't really listen to his music that much. Like, it, even though mm. I, you know, pulled up, you know, the same name and everything, <laughs> you would think. But just, you know, kind of uh, everything that he stands for as far as, like, doing music and also doing fashion. Like the Kanye mindset. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, taking care of your family is, is something that's, you know, super important to Kanye. That's, like, kind of the center of everything he does. You know, like, religion, whether or not be our religion, is, is center to everything Kanye does. Giving back to community, stuff like that. When he was going through his whole, like, TMZ phase and all that, is that kind of, um, were you, like, standing up for him? When oh, before? definitely not. Def- <laughs> definitely not. Oh, okay. But I understood, right? I tried to, you know, seek to understand Not Not specifically, on. like, the... The comment about slavery but like in general about you know when uh that was when he released his um yay album right yeah yeah, yeah. um so when he was having that sort of uh we'll call it a, a, a mental health breakthrough mm-hmm. uh is that when you were kind of like relating to him and and seeing yeah that sounds about right it's about like a year mm-hmm. so i guess i started i picked up the name like a little over a year ago actually it's only mm-hmm. been a year so okay yeah and and part of it was like you know it was short enough it was like memorable enough it was available on all platforms and it just i thought it was easy to say but i get a lot of imran yi (laughs) yeah like kanye like Like, it's pretty simple like so were you in the motive of like trying to start something when you're picking this name I don't know, actually. Uh, t- to be honest, people think a lot. I'm a lot more calculated than I am uh, when it comes to these things. One thing I just like to have is I've always wanted to have just the same handle across all social media. That's just like, it's just cool. You know what I mean? Um, and it's I never like, easier. I never, yeah, I never like went out of my way to be like, yeah, I want to build like this big following this and that. It just it was always just kind of chasing what was fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was no grand master plan or anything like that. It was just you know, it was available, yeah. and I took it, you know. So we know you from, um, like, the uh, the Imam uh, videos where yeah. you're. Uh, well, they were TikToks and they were posted on Twitter. That's where that's where I saw most of them. Like you know, all our friends were sharing them, um, and it, it's pretty much. Well, why, why don't you uh, explain it a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so those videos. Um, let's see. So there was a point in my life uh, a little over a year ago where I had moved to California. Um, I was making music like super heavy, like I had like a full studio in my bedroom. So every day after 5 p.m. I'd come home and make music. Um, that's kind of, you know, that was like, yeah, a lot of trap, a lot of, you know, okay. or whatever, honestly, whatever it was. Like it was like, I'm from New York, right? Even though I'm from upstate New York, like here, uh, music is always just like one of those things you do. Like it's just, it's you're never like a musician. It's just one of those things you do, right? Like you're chilling with mm-hmm. the homies. You know, throw on some freestyle beats. You know, and just start making okay. fun of each other. Like, it's always something to do. Um, and I kind of grew up in that environment. You know, like the freestyling in the study halls type stuff. Um, so music has always been like pretty big part of my life. And then I got, you know, really into making beats and stuff like that. Um, but after I moved to California, you know, I started going to the Meshed more again, um, and I started like memorizing Quran again. And then it came to the point where like Mondays and Wednesdays I was at the mosque. Tuesdays and Thursdays I was in my bedroom making music. 
And I was like, <laughs> I can't keep, I was like, I love creating. I love, I love making stuff. Like I'm a very creative person, but like, this just doesn't really work that well, right? I told myself like, I gotta pick one. And nobody really, influ- like, you know, my imam, my sheikh, like he didn't like influence me or anything. He didn't say anything at all. Um, I didn't even tell him I was making music until after I quit. So, <laughs> so he okay. didn't, um, and part of that was because he used to also be a musician, right? So like, he knows that struggle, right? Uh, so I really sat down one day and I was True. thinking like, you know, I love, I'm a very creative person, but like I need to find a better outlet because these things really just don't go together. Uh, so, you know, I made some very sincere dua that, you know, Allah gives me something that replaces that. Right. Um, and then I had always been toying around with the idea of like TikTok in general, mm-hmm. um, uh, mainly because like the city where I'm from, uh, Albany, I went to school with like, you know, Zahra, Zahra the Muslim thick. She's like, oh, she, okay. yeah, yeah. So we went to the same so university. The same. Yeah. So like I saw her like popping off and everything. I was like, oh, this seems like pretty cool. Like give it a shot. Um, and then, yeah. So I knew I wanted to create some sort of different type of content. I decided that YouTube was going to be the medium, not TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had been writing for like a couple of weeks, like just ideas whenever I had them, like in a notepad on my phone. One of the ones was, um, I, gr- I watch a lot of those like RDC world YouTube videos. I don't know if people are familiar with that. It's more, uh, it's more like inner city humor. Um, but okay. one of mm-hmm. the, one of the styles that they do are like very short, like three to four minute videos of like when your blank is blank. Right. You know what I mean? It's like when mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A, when your Chick-fil-A guy does delivery. Right. Okay. Very short form videos, like very funny, like extremely hilarious. Um, so I had that kind of, I had that sketched out as like when your imam tries to be too relatable, right? Uh, but mm. I didn't have enough for like a full three to five minute video. I only had like a couple. I had like three or four like really good lines. Yeah. So then I was like, you know, I want to post these on Twitter, but like Twitter doesn't really seem like appropriate. Like, you know, at that time I had, you know, very low self-esteem surrounding the content I put out. So I was like, you know, maybe I was like a little insecure about that. So I was like, why don't I just put it out on TikTok? Uh, so I put out on TikTok, um, I put out the first one and it just starts blowing up like 20 K views. Like meanwhile, like I'm in Costco. Which one was that? What was the first one? Cause the I first one the was, first four, um, the Fortnite one. So, okay, so. <laughs> the kids will stay up late playing Fortnite, but cannot play the last fourth of the night. Right. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> so like, I think I recorded maybe like the first two or three and then I was just at Costco. Yeah. Like I just went to Costco with my boy, Neil, like it's just something we do. Shout out Neil. Shout out big, big <laughs> shout out Neil, Vishwanath, you know what I'm saying? He said that's just something friends. we do casually. That's, yeah, no, nah, like, you know, sometimes after work, we just like, yo, let's go to Costco. You know what I'm saying? He got a Costco card. I don't have a Costco card. You know what I'm saying? At that time, at that time he had a car. I was driving a Miata, right? So I couldn't fit any groceries in my car anyway. So homeboy would just pick me up in the Avalon and we'd go to Costco. So yeah, he scooped me, <laughs> like we're going to Costco and I'm just like, my phone is like blowing up. I'm like, yo, what the hell is going on right now? After the first video. After, I think it was the first two or three, oh, but okay. I, I dropped them like this. Like I don't yeah. really, I'm not one of those people who really cares about like timing of posts or this or mm-hmm. that. Like maybe I should, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. Like TikTok's pretty saturated now, so I should care mm-hmm. more. Um, yeah, so I, I just putting them out, whatever. And then like my phone's just blowing up. Like we're in the middle of Costco. I'm just like, holy crap, like this is popping off. Uh, and then I just started thinking of more from there. Uh, so one of the ones, I actually made one in the Costco parking lot with a stop sign. Okay. Um, I forgot what it was. At this point, I made so many, I forgot most of them. 
<laughs> but yeah, once that started picking up, I saw like a lot of big TikTokers like started following me, and then a lot of them started uh, copying the format too. So. Um, like of oh, that exact like uh, relatable imam that exact or? yeah yeah Got so it. my boy yeah. Zunair um he was like he had, he had like around like 10,000 followers at the time now he's at like 100k mashallah um he picked it up and he was doing some stuff too with that and I was like yo this is like really I should just keep making these uh, so mm-hmm. I just kept making them uh, and they just popped off from there but yeah mm-hmm. like what was this kind of your first um exposure to to that much attention I mean, I've always had, like, I guess with Twitter, I've always kind of had, like, been able to go viral a little bit here and there, right? But I had never... Off of tweets? Yeah, off of tweets. But, like, a video is different, right? Sure. I guess this was, like, my first experience really, like, setting a trend almost. I don't want to mm. say that, but, you know, I have to no, be no, self-aware it, it, about what it became. Especially within you know? a community. Like, I think, yeah. you know, uh, when you talk about someone like Muslim Thick, or you know, I would say that, you know, you came up um, in a similar sort of light where people think of it as like i guess it's muslim fame like yeah which is fine with me right yeah. this is my community like mm-hmm. i always want to give back to my community i always want to do stuff for my community right and it's fun like you know my after work like i only hang out at the masjid or with my muslim friends for the most part right mm-hmm. like it, you know what i'm saying so it's kind of cool to just you know have some pull in that community and it's opened up a lot of doors in like in terms of networking as well i think that's like i think that's been the biggest right like wow. um Especially like mm. notably like uh, like Mufti Wasim Khan, Mohammed Wasim Khan from Dallas. Uh, he's an amazing connection that I met through um, just this whole TikTok stuff. Like he just DM me like, "Yo, this is really funny," uh, and I told him like, you know, we were just talking from there. We built up a relationship, uh, and then he ended up pulling through to California like two weeks later than he was supposed to. Like I dipped out of like a wedding reception to go hang out with him, and then we made a TikTok that got like a million views, right? And I was like, oh, nice. that was insane. That was my biggest TikTok, right? The one with him. Um, okay. And also, like, he introduced me to, like, a lot of people, too, because, Is you this know, the one that was in the car? Yes, this was the one that okay. was in the car. That's my biggest TikTok. What uh, did you say in it? Do you remember? So, it was, uh, it was one. I asked him. So, we did, like, he has a series called Fick or Fiction, right? Where okay. he does, like, Instagram questions and people, you know, it's basically people ask him for fatwas over Instagram. Uh, so, I was asking him, I was going through, like, with him, you know, Uh, before this i was like yo like what are some very common questions you get asked right um and a lot of them were like i I was like it's a little too edgy for me right a little too yeah and and he felt that way as well but one of the ones he got asked a lot about was the fades like the haircuts right yeah um and so we're sitting just to paint the picture we're sitting in um Maulana Ridwan's house in San Francisco. I had just met this guy too, right? Like literally everything happened just like spontaneously. We're sitting in his living room. This guy's like giving us chai or whatever. Uh, Mufti Wasim's flights, it, it, flight is in like, you know, 45 minutes and we're still drinking tea. I'm th- coming up with ideas here. And I was like, the third thing I said was like, um, he said, you know, I said, you know, our fate's haram. And then I was like, wait, I'm trying to think of a, you know, like a punchline. I was like, uh, you're worried about fades while the youth are fading from the masjid, right? <laughs> and so once I came up with that, I was like, yo, this is the one. We're in yeah. his house, and we filmed it, like, four times. But, like, I think the lighting was weird, the audio was weird, and then, like, his delivery was a little off. Um, so he, we had to leave, and I was like, and I was like, and he was like, yo, we're it's not leaving without. Right. And, I, and I told him, like, look, we got to do this right. We're not leaving without making this TikTok. So we hop in my car, right? <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, this dude's flight is in 35 minutes. It's a 20-minute drive. Like, he's just stress-free. He's like, yeah, you know, I'll be fine, inshallah, whatever, right? Um, we get in the car, and then we do it. I told him, like, we did it once. It didn't go well. The second time I told him, I was like, look, 
when you're looking at the phone, like look past the phone and just just really project your voice, right? It directing and, the whole thing. The, and I was like, I was like, dude, you got this. So we did it. We shot it that one time, and I think it was just short enough to where, um, like, as people were laughing at the punchline, like yeah. they were still watching the video, so like it looped again, right? You know, that's what's good that you do. It's always like you you cut it off right when you're yeah. like right at the end when you say Allahu yeah. Akbar or something, and it's like it works. Yeah, people just keep viewing it, right? So um, I didn't realize I was doing that until after. For me, it was mm. like, I'm a very giggly person, so I would just start huh. dying at the end of every single one of these, right? Like okay. if, you ca- if you kept the camera going, like you would just see me just like giggling and I'd like lose the, the character or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I think so, I yeah. saw a video one time of you making one of those. Yes, yeah, and then, yeah. Yeah, and, and you were like getting looks from around yeah so that was in san diego actually yeah yeah so i was making that at like some mall or something in san diego and there was like a bunch of like white dudes around us who were just staring it's like a super bougie part of san diego i don't know why we were there but yeah did did your tiktoks really start blowing up on twitter or on tiktok first they blew up on twitter first i would say okay true yeah yeah. Um, and you said that go ahead ahead. no because when i started making tiktoks i would really just use tiktok as the platform to like make the video but the mm-hmm. intention was always to post on Twitter, right? Okay. Um, you know, because you have the sense. editing features and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So. And then you said that, like, at uh, at this time, that TikTok's more saturated. Do you think that, um, like, kind of blowing up had to do with the fact that not everybody was making TikToks at that time? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think. Because um, I think at that time, it was a very pivotal moment because there were finally more like consumers of the TikTok content in the Muslim space than there were people making it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think around that time, it was very taboo to make TikToks. Like people were like, oh, like, oh, that's like, it was cringe. It was cringe. Let's call it that, mm-hmm. right? That and is it was what for it, little kids. Exactly. Yeah, it was for little kids. It was cringe, whatever. Um, but for me, I was just like, oh, whatever. Like, I'm just going to post these on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's become a lot more accept- acceptable for people to make TikToks. Like when quarantine first started, everyone was doing like, the don't rush challenge and yes. now they're doing like you know the wipe it down challenge everything you know you see everybody doing it right uh once so the naturally. celebs get on it's over yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah so because the corporate thing what was your immediate reaction to to getting like all that attention and being shared everywhere oh my god i it it, it took a toll on me <laughs> and like initially like it gives you like a little bit of a high right and then you realize that like you, you're probably only gonna go viral like once in your life right you know what I'm saying? Like even that, even that, like people chase that, but it's like, yes. it's only going to happen maybe once if you're good three to four times in your life. Right. Like we don't hear about like pussy tube anymore. Right. We don't hear about Dean squad anymore. You know what I'm saying? But they popped up. They went viral three or four times. I feel like Fousey's like past that stage where any, anytime he pops back up, it's, it's like, like, Oh my God, come on. He's in yeah. that, like, YouTuber community. That's true. Yeah, yeah. so he's kind of out of the Muslim community, unfortunately, like, yeah. as far as, like, his reach and stuff, right? Like, he's, like, a proper YouTuber doing, like, all the clickbait stuff, you know, making the good content and all that. Um, yeah. But, you know, especially within a community, like, you're not going to go viral more than once or twice, right? Like, it's, it's pretty hard. Sure. Um, so after that, like, you have to come to terms with, like, you have to really correct your intentions. Like, okay, well, what was I going for with this? What are my intentions with this new platform that I have built? Uh, and I was very reckless. I was very reckless because I thought it was like before. I thought I could say what I want to say, mm. thought I could do what I want to do. Uh, but then obviously, you know, you, you really start to think and you really like realize that like, you know, people take what I say to heart and they really like. Did you receive backlash for being of as course. open as you were before? Of course. I think part of it is obviously like I was very out of pocket on Twitter before. 
I continued to be very out of pocket. Uh, but uh, another part of it was uh, I feel like I suffered a little bit from that sort of like nav effect, not to put myself anywhere near him. What's uh, the nav effect? So nav is essentially he's someone who uh, like makes really makes good music. Right. I mean, I'm a fan, obviously, because I'm a brown okay. dude. But he doesn't fit the, the typical image of somebody who should be receiving the level of attention that he's receiving. Right. Okay. Um, I, I would say I suffer from that, right? Because it's like I'm like a just like a short, chubby Indian nerd kid, right? In his room, like yelling at his camera, right? That's oh. not that doesn't fit the typical <laughs> like when you think of like when you think of like famous like Muslim people, right? They fit into you know they tend to be uh, you know like more attractive, like more like movie stars, you know that like artist type of thing. Um, TikTok dude who like sits in his room and like yells at his camera like doesn't really fit in that image that people think that of like oh like like average person not, exactly not yeah, yeah yeah it's like and like it's a, not i mean obviously like i'm not saying i'm an ugly person or anything by any means no, no, no. alhamdulillah but it's like there's a there's an image that people have in their head of like what a famous person should look like mm -hmm. and i definitely don't feel like i fit into that you know okay sure um bro in the process you broke my heart <laughs> um, yeah what's, what's the situation that happened between y'all no so I mean, i've been I'll, waiting I'll, for this one I'll, I'll explain from my end uh, what I saw initially, and then uh, I'll let him take it from there. So, okay. so you guys, just to use the master, you guys have beef, right? Or had, had beef, never, I think. Had beef. beef. There, no, there, no, there was never beef. I, there was, it was me. Beef. It was him trolling, was me trolling. It was back and, just go ahead and explain it. Explain okay, it. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. So, so obviously we see uh, this guy blowing up. Uh, I see kind of a thread of his uh, TikToks mad funny they're getting shared and and i'm Thanks. sharing them too i'm like you know th this dude is hilarious like he knows and from our background obviously with with what we uh do with our skits and ramadan videos and stuff you know i always appreciate somebody who's doing something that can actually make me laugh as well so sharing this thing and then and then i'm, I'm following him and he was tweeting like crazy it was like <laughs> Uh, you know, however many people I follow, it was like I, I feel like I was seeing 75% of Imran. And, and I'll I'll come back to that in a bit. Don't worry. Sure. Come yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like a lot of the stuff was funny, but some of the stuff was also like, uh, I was like, whoa, like this dude is like really uh, taking advantage of this uh, high right now, and which <laughs> which also I can relate to because we've been there like you know many times before yeah. as well. Um, but anyways, I think uh, you, uh, I think I had replied to, you, you had so said something about like, can anybody tell me how not to go like, uh, how to handle Muslim fame or something like that. And <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I replied back uh, and said something like, don't go full tube mode. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. along the lines of that. And then uh, the next thing I know, it, my thing is quote tweeted by Imran and it says, bro, like don't act like you didn't used to bully me a year ago. <laughs> And to me, that is like, whoa. I was just like, like, cause I, I do troll people all the time and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but bullying is a, is a different topic. And I was like, do I, I was like, do I know this person? And like, then um, I got confused and then I started getting mentions and uh, it's like, yo, yeah, get him, get him. And I was just like, am I getting, am I getting canceled right the now? Imranye army. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, bro, after that, I realized how powerful they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they so. are like, I have to be very careful. Like I, but I will say, you know, to your yeah. point, I was, I think at that point in my life, at that point with my like kind of journey with social media, like I was, the ego was through the roof. Right. 
Um, and I think, you know, it even pushed to the point where, like, I was forgetting to pray, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, the basic things, right? I was forgetting that all of this attention and everything is a test from Allah. Like, this platform that I have is a test from Allah. It's not something that I built by myself, right? Like, mm. millions of things had to come together in order for this to even happen. Um, and But, we, you know, we, when you're at that point... There. Of course, exactly, yeah. right? Like, nobody is... There's no playbook to handling, like, an immense amount of attention like that. Yeah, there's word. no playbook. There's no, there yeah. is no playbook. Like, there's only been, like... 300 or 400 people in the world who have do- dealt with it who are open about it you know what I mean and even yeah. finding them is like extremely difficult um, wait so, so what's this just, bullying let situation finish, uh, <laughs> let me just finish the thing so I see that tweet and I, I get confused and I think like maybe a, a day before that I had um, found him on Instagram and I followed him and um, then so I went to I saw, oh yeah, I, once I followed him on Instagram, I saw that he had messaged me before and it said, uh, bro, just at me next time. And I didn't know what that was about. I thought it was just like a joke. I was like, oh, okay, so he's seen something of mine before, like, um, you know, he's replying. I had, I had no idea what that was. But then once that tweet came, then I was like, oh, does this have something to do with that Instagram thing? So then I saw it. I was like, what is this about? And then luckily, Instagram has the uh, archives. Yeah. yeah. So, so then I saw ago. the date yeah, yeah, it was yeah. sent. And then I went back. And then I saw that I, um, he, he had, um, I had like pretty much done one of those troll things where uh, he I had think you put like the tweeted. feet on like my yeah, head yeah. or something. <laughs> so, so you had quote tweeted a, uh, a Ronald Pono video, which is yeah. our cultural comedy channel. And you had said, "Can we bring back cyberbullying?" <laughs> the irony, the irony. But um, <laughs> oh, no. so I totally with, brought that on myself for the record <laughs> at that time. Um, so, uh-huh. so he said, "So he said, can we bring back cyberbullying, please?" Are you sure you're and, not from the UK? Because that sounds like a UK tweet right there. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, don't. Cut. We're not about to get canceled by yeah, UK. Yeah, we're about to get don't UK even coming after. So sorry, so, so sorry, UK Twitter. You're great. Yeah, so um, I see that, and his name at the time said, uh, "Send me ankle pics." So <laughs> DM me ankle. DM D- me. It was like it was DM, It was at DM me your ankles. This DM was before I changed okay, to Imranje. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> good rebrand. So, yeah. Yeah. That was a good yeah I'm very PC now. You know? <laughs> so I so I replied back to his tweet. Oh with, wait, hold with on. I my, just realized what that. Means. Yeah. Sorry. So I it took me I a had, to catch up. I had replied to his. Uh, his tweet about the cyberbullying with a picture of my ankle okay. and it was it was november at the time no not november and so i was like yeah, uh, try to wait till november's over imran so this is all this was all screenshotted and posted on my instagram and yeah. he had replied to that saying just at me next time bro mm. so so, so this I was, was like, before like anything. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, i wasn't yeah. like i think you like went out what like you like cropped my name out of it which is like i guess but then also like so then I was like, this at me, I think. But honestly, it's been so long, I forgot. No, 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 like, so yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't, I just didn't have you added on Instagram. Oh, Because it yeah, still yeah. said, the joke was that it, it said, DM me ankle. Yeah, uh, yeah, DM yeah. me your ankles. So obviously, I'm, I'm not like looking up your Instagram or whatever. I didn't know you, but um, like mostly when that happens, um, either people are usually like, yo, okay, you got me or whatever, or they start going off on like a, like yo like you're not even this or that whatever and i just like leave it as it is i have a whole uh a series on youtube which i have like it's called distract to the comment section where i don't like i don't i don't get to beef with anybody as like a rapper so i'll go through the comment section and like <laughs> beef with people through the comments and just troll them so like that's something i do so like i love trolling and all that yeah um 
so anyways, I saw all of that and then I was I was confused, so I just like screenshot all that and I was like, um, it seems like what happened was that I trolled you, uh, trolling me back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, so I'm confused what the thing is. Like, please don't make it more than what it is. Cause I was just like, yo, what? Like, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to have beef with this dude. I don't even know at or, all. And or be Frost the cyber bully. Yeah. Frost the cyber bully. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, that's, I like, if that had happened, then for sure I, I would want to like, uh, I would want to have the same thing where like either I invite you on here, we have a conversation, whatever might be the case. But, um, you know, that had uh, I that wasn't in my control at the time. So I was For like, sure. all right, I can. He posted this publicly, so I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, uh, give my piece and, and let people determine for themselves, like what the scenario is here or whatever. Um, he didn't uh, reply back to it or anything. I left it as is and I didn't. And. I'll talk about it later about why uh, I did that, but eventually uh, Shamir was actually over and he was like, um, yo, like that apology is crazy. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then um, I think I had just seen on uh, Twitter that it said Im Imranye uh, tweets, uh, I want to publicly apologize to Frosty. And I was like, what? <laughs> and that was. Oh, I think I think did we ha did we exchange DMs before that or no? I don't remember. Oh, don't oh, remember. you know what? We didn't. I DM'd you. I like replied publicly and I said it's all good, and then I uh, DM'd you and I was like, "Yo, man, like just wanted to set the record. Like I don't." Have I anything think one you of your boys. I forgot who's the other. It was guy my brother. It was my brother. It was my little brother. Oh, is that who he that had? Is? He had DM'd you, and I was like, and when he showed me that, I was like, please don't like do that because. He had brought up a lot of things about like you know bullying is serious and this and that. I was like, that's not yeah. my that's not my thing. And and although, you know, I'm like I respect it and I, and you're right. That's not what my problem is here. It's just that, like I felt like you were, uh, like, uh, doing it for the cloud or whatever oh, might be the I case. Was. Hundred percent. Um, and so I was like, I'm not gonna like, uh, let my reputation be ruined. That's my main thing by someone who's like making up something essentially. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, we it was like it started and it and, and it stopped like uh, within a day. Know, like yeah, it was like um, literally within a day, like a week or something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So but, now you explain yourself, Mr. Imranye. Yeah, <laughs> I got a lot of explaining to do here. Uh, I guess for like the first, uh, so before that first tweet uh, where I was like, "Yo, can we bring back cyberbullying?" That was around the time when I didn't realize that like people who are like influencers like actually read the comments. Right, it was part of that whole like, oh, I don't give a fuck brand. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but it's, okay. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> it was part of that whole brand at the time of me just being like just completely out of pocket, whatever. Uh, and of course, you know, there is some uh, arrogance in involved in there as well. Uh, you know, but you're basically just trolling the comments. Yeah, hundred percent. Basically, which also comments, like right? we take those as a joke, anyways, which yeah. is why I was yeah. like, all right, yeah. let me like play back. So it and wasn't like anything I, weird. And then like obviously, um, so. The thing about like, you know, like tag me next time is that like because you post when you posted it, like literally like 20 people DM'd it to me. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, uh, like, they're like, yo, did you see this? I'm like, yeah, I saw it. Like, mm. it's, it's fine. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Like, it's like I know what I was getting into. Like, um, so, yeah, that kind of like obviously that obviously like pissed me off a little bit. Just not maybe not like the, the trolling, but just like the people DMing you. It's like, yo, you see mm. this? Like, whatever. And yeah, like your your face is on, you know, someone's story and. Yeah. It can be perceived in whatever way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that part was like kind of was about what I was just like, 
but obviously, you know, at, you know, after like a week or whatever, it's just whatever. Yeah. Um, no fair. Fair. And then obviously once you get like clout or some sort of mm-hmm. success, right? Whatever that means, whatever that metric is, or, or are surrounded by people who are saying that you're more successful than you actually are, you have more clout than you actually are, blah blah blah. You do have like this ego that says like, you know, you start thinking like, you know, you know, if you listen to like rap music, like all these rappers talking about like, oh, you were, you weren't with me when I was down, like, you know, now I'm up, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you you think that you're hot shit and you can start saying stuff like that. So that was the position I was in. I was in the like, yo, boy like, anthem. I was like, yo, this dude, like, I thought I was hot shit. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, like, who does this dude think he is? Like, where was he at a year ago? He was clowning me, this, that, whatever. I had completely <laughs> forgot this. I had completely forgot that I was the one who initiated as well, too, right? Um, so I think that was part Instagram of Instagram with the receipts. Yo, bro, big shout he out to Instagram, bro. Because um, that was a different account, too. <laughs> That was a different It's like account. the Incredibles type thing. Like, it was just that little kid on the sidewalk, and then he came <laughs> Syndrome. back. Like, <laughs> Syndrome. And just came back and was, like, mad. Yeah. No, uh-huh. that's not, that's not how I, that went, Amber. That was, he was, like, uh, Syndrome was, like, a fan of fan uh, in the beginning. Right. The beginning. <laughs> he was never a fan in the beginning. Well, he was trolling, <laughs> so he was watching. I saw y'all at Upna. How about that? I saw oh. y'all at Upna. You did? Whoa, I saw y'all at Upna. I was Dang. just there. I was just chilling. Like, I, oh, that was, like, a very last-minute trip. Uh, my boys were just in Dallas, and I was like, yeah, I'll slide through. Uh, that was an interesting day. I met Subhi Taha at your concert, I think. Wow. Yeah. And he, and he like, went off on uh, us. Yeah, he uh, went off on us, too. Well, okay, I didn't come for too. your concert, okay? I was just at Upna. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, but it's funny that, like, he was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, and, and he was, uh, he didn't like stuff that we were posting as well. Who, Subhi Taha? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know if he was, like, you know how, like, it was, like, back-to-back concerts in, like, that one space? Yeah. I don't know if he was there for years or not. You know? No, he definitely wasn't. He definitely wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. what's uh, so what's to be da? What what is it? <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We'll get another, into this Another let's just say he's another uh influencer and yeah. uh, creator YouTube. artist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of the makes above. really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. shout out him. Shout yeah. out. He definitely paved the way uh and really crafted kind of like a little bit of like a playbook of like what you should do when you get clout, right? As a Muslim. Because I think he notoriously early on would just block people. And like, okay. I used to think like, oh, like, uh, that's like a very loser mentality or whatever. But when Wait, you so really think, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I, I want to ask, like, what made you tweet out that apology? Like, how'd you come to that? And like, because it takes a certain level of self-awareness. And like, sometimes people, you said that your ego was through the roof at the moment when you did it. Like, it takes a certain amount of like humbleness or like you know wanting to you know just like step back and step down to be able to do that so like what what made you do that part of it was the dm from his brother i think that Mm -hmm. was like uh i i saw that and i was like i wasn't sure if you if like you know he was actually taking it to heart or not but i was like you know what like on the day of judgment i don't want to be asked about some twitter and and my brother my brother took it to heart far more than i just like i just saw it i was like what the hell and i was like all right cool yeah, but he so, was like, you know, he, he didn't like that because he was also like, you know, uh, having some TikTok clout at the time and all that. And uh, I guess he was coming up with like a few of like other Muslim creators, Pakistani creators. And um, he, I, I think he thought that he was like checking you in that way. For sure. Um, yeah, for yeah. Whatever Which, listen, listen, bro, maybe I needed to be checked at that time. You know what I'm saying? And there are many times where I have needed to be checked and it has happened. So <laughs> <laughs> like it, it is what it is like. I'm very grateful to have like that kind of friend group around me. You know what I mean? Like people who will check me, you know, that's and good. it's taken a while to like forge that. Right. Because that's not mm-hmm. something you 
find it's something that's like made over time and people find you right especially like mentors and stuff like that like mm. you don't find mentors they find you right and then they guide you and stuff like that mm. um, but yeah i mean the, part of like part of receiving that level of attention and there was a point where like the mesh that i normally go to for jumar right like i would go and like literally like 50 kids would walk up to me and be like yo look at the guy have tiktok this that it almost became and like i was traveling a lot of the time too right? like i mentioned like i was going to san diego going to la every single mosque i went to there was at least one person who walked up to me and was like yo dude like i love your tiktoks whatever would you be yeah. like praying and then and then feel like there's dude, literally i'd be like about and... to pray sunnah right and i'd feel like people are watching me <laughs> yeah and that shit's that shit's like i was just paranoid i was paranoid like oh you didn't like it i didn't like it the first okay. couple of times it was cool but then you, yeah. you catch like mm-hmm. a kid like taking pics or whatever like hmm. trying to be low-key about it like i had got invited to this thing called msa west um, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, it's just all the West Coast MSAs, all the California MSAs, like, have this one big thing. And I think that was the worst thing for me to ever go to because, like, wow. because it, like, d- it destroyed my ego so much because I was brought in as, like, like, when I got there and people started treating me like a celebrity, like, at scale. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was never, um, I'm never, I was never in a, in an environment where that many Muslim kids around, like, the same age were, like, around me right you know what i mean and they were i mean like and i don't want to say i was taking advantage of it but like definitely like like i was using the clout you know what i'm saying and i think that was one of the worst experiences of my life it was an amazing weekend and big shout out to them for bringing me out like i tried to help any way i could but at the end of the day like i wish i could have went to that conference as just a normal person Mm. right it got to the point where like you know there's like this l-shaped lobby before you go into uh the auditorium right i would want to go to the auditorium for a session right by the time I get through from the entrance to the session, maybe it's not like, you know, paparazzi or like whatever, but like people asking for pics, people wanting to talk and knowing me, like, you know, like I'm there to meet people and network, right? So like, I want to give them my full attention. But basically by the time I get through, the hour long session's over. And this kept happening, this happened like five times. I didn't, I didn't benefit at all Islamically from that event. You know what I mean? Like, I just mm-hmm. feel like I just went there to just hang out and look cool, which is like not the point. Did you think that that was, did you know that that was going to happen when you went there? No, I wasn't even planning on going to MSA West until they reached out. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were like, yo, can you do like a promo, like TikTok, whatever? Because I was new to the area, right? Like I had only been in California for like, you know, know, four or five months. I had, you know, this was just like two or three months in from TikTok. And I was like, you know what? I can, I can shoot a 15 second video to get a free ticket to MSA West. Like why not? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's why I, I'm kind of glad that Ikna and our Ikna got canceled this year. I think like it would have been de- definitely detrimental for me. You know what I mean? Because I've always gone to Ikna as like it's a very, especially it's in your area, right? DMV usually. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah. always gone to Ikna and always benefited. You know what I mean from the speakers and stuff like mm. that. Last time I went to Ikna, I had like a little bit of Twitter clout and you know like I was hanging out with some friends and this and that. But I feel like you know I wouldn't have been able to benefit as much if it happened this year and I went this year, you know, I feel like I would have just went to go look cool and build up my ego and stuff like that. It seems like Islam like plays a big part of your life in a daily, like in a uh, daily sense. Like, has that always been the case? Have you always grown up around the mosque? Yeah, I grew up in the mosque. That's like a, like, so I guess for context, um, my like elementary school, middle school, high school was in the inner city. Um, and so, you know, and we grew up, especially my, my father specifically, like we grew up in the masjid, um, like every, every Friday, like I would go with my dad for Fedger and then my uncle would pick me up, take me out for breakfast. Right. Um, and then drop me off at school. 
Saturdays and Sundays, always in the meshed, hanging out. Uh, I used to teach like weekend school for like a good five years, right? So like, <laughs> like Sunday school. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like a good like five, five or six years, almost. I think including like TAing and stuff. So it's always been a very central part of my life, um, and especially like. I got to see like kind of a lot of different walks of life, right? You go to school in the inner city and then you kind of go to the meshes. You know, there's different messages. Some are like, you know, more downtown, some are in the suburbs. Um, and so I was able to really like learn how to communicate and kind of relate with different people. Um, and so I always come back to that because like the meshes is what built me to who I am today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, like you said, like I think most of, I try to make my life re- revolve around like, Islam and like especially Salah right like you guys are asking me like you know like my, I go to sleep at like right after Isha wake up to catch Fajr probably right before sunrise <laughs> usually and then like nap for an hour get back up you know work till the hood and then pray meetings pray like that you know what I'm saying so I try to mm. really integrate it I mean even like you know when I'm working in California at my company like we like everyone makes sure that we build a day around Salah like we pray together um, everyone like has like workers yeah, like we have like a good like on some days we have like ten or twelve people praying together, right? Before COVID and everything, uh, everyone has their calendars blocked out for that time. Like we have like a Muslim employee network and everything like that. So um, those kinds of things have always been like the driving center of my life. And then obviously I have deviated a lot, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. whether because of the clout or like the content creation or because of the music or whatever it is at the time. Yeah, yeah. now that's really interesting because yeah. like um, with us too, it's. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely nowhere near uh, perfect ourselves and we've had to learn a lot throughout this process. Um, especially, I think, you know, one of the things is that we caught um, like the, the viral um, thing uh, very early on, like um, being kids and kind of going through that whole fame thing where you're interacting with people online that you don't know um, and, and kind of like got that out of the system. And I think that it was almost the opposite to you where it was just like we um, didn't sort of have that uh, connection as much um, or I'll speak for myself, um, you know, and, and the more that these kids and, and a lot of the fans started coming in, I felt a source of responsibility. And then now when we go to places like the like mosques around the country or like an event like Ikna or whatever, maybe the case, Upna or anything, um, we enjoy that like sort of attention because they're we're being looked at as like role models at that point and uh you know there's nothing that um although you know there might be things that we post online here and there that are like maybe that wasn't a good idea or whatever or our intention wasn't perceived the way that we intended to um it's still like for the for the most part uh either people like it or they don't and for the people that do like you know when they see us they're they sort of come up and and it, and it reinforces that sort of like sense of responsibility and and to to be like you know a better human being a better muslim whatever might be the case so um it, it's interesting to hear that you kind of like you know w- grew up already around that sort of uh you know sense of responsibility and and like um importance of your faith and then the um the Twitter and and all the uh, social media clout kind of like almost took you away from that, which oh, I guess did, like not almost people... it did take me away from that. Okay, um, and yeah. I think you know obviously one shift that I had to make in my head was like understanding that you know the clout or the attention or the platform or whatever it is like it is not my thing. I didn't build it, right? 
Like it's from Allah. Allah is using it as a test, right? Allah tests people with money. He tests people with health. He tests people with family, right? This is another test, you know, like platforms that are being built for you. And, and once I started looking at it like that, it gave me a lot more clarity into like, okay, you know, the youth are listening to me. I'm not a scholar. I pretend to be on the internet for jokes, but I'm not a scholar. And because I'm funny, people listen to what I have to say. So that being said, what's really important for me is like the people who I use this big, you know, canon of a platform that I have to push have to be people that are beneficial to the Ummah, right? And so that's where kind of like the natural like inclination to go back to the message came because it was like, you know, who are the scholars who are, who are giving the message in a way that's, you know, that's digestible by the youth who don't have the necessary platforms that they have. Right, so Mufti Muhammad Wasim Khan is a good example of that. Um, you know, there's all there's so many people who like I will go through like even for example Imam Dawood Walid, right? Um, he's a very prominent African American Imam. Um, I don't know where he's based out of. I met him once, but like he all of his his voice is very important in the time like now because he's African American. He's a revert, but he's also mm. he's also you know he's very level headed in his views, right? But he necessarily doesn't have the same platform um, or doesn't have the same kind of pull that someone like me or you has, right? So part of For what sure, we have to do... Exactly. Part of what we have to do is give these people the cosign and then also push their message, right? Hmm. The same way that like Rasulullah like used the, the Sahaba and their resources and their time and their money to spread the message, we have to use our resources and our minds to spread the message. So once I had that kind of moment of clarity, I was like, okay, what am I really putting out in the world, Right. It's cool to make. It's okay to make people laugh. That's fine. I'm okay with that, right? But I should be putting out more beneficial stuff because I have a platform, you know. So once sure. I made that shift, it was able to like really like I was able to really like begin the process of like correcting my intentions, you know. And you know, during the um, during that time, like uh, I always try to consider when when I do um, troll somebody or you know make something that is uh, to make fun of if it is coming from a place of like let's play this game or if it's like a malicious thing like let me end you type of thing and whenever i even i choose people for like um the the ones where i'm like doing the diss track to the comments like i'll look through their stuff and um make sure that it's like they don't actually have like a problem or something or that they don't know any better or they're too young to to know um or whatever might be the case like it's supposed to be for fun so when I saw that, like, you know, for me, it could also have been an opportunity um, where it was like, yo, this guy has like all this cloud. Like I could end him in this way. Like I, I could uh, think that way. But um, I, I went through your stuff. And at the time, like, you know, you were revealing a decent amount about yourself. And what I sort of sensed was, you know, um, you were you were, you were saying some very like personal things on the app. And even when you had um, written that apology, it was like there was a lot of people that were kind of like after you for whatever reason and, and you were issuing lots of apologies. And so uh, I was like, oh, like there's some sort of, um, you know, insecurity almost um, behind this. And I didn't want to like be the the judge of it and point that out, um, you know, publicly or anything. But I just sensed that there was something there that was like that was causing some sort of bitterness and it was and it would be um it wouldn't be like he was playing back and forth like a game or something it would it would come across 
as like a malicious type thing um and you know like i had people had asked me like yo like that guy like are you gonna get him back and stuff like um are you gonna like write a diss track or whatever um and i've never like done that for like a real person before so i was like no like i think that you know he's going through something and uh i think i'll just you know, if, let if it be, you're I willing to share some of that, like, do you mind? Yeah, for sure. I was going to dive right into it yeah. um, because I think a lot of the way that you grow on Twitter right now is by beefing with people. Um, and so I had done that early on. Right? Like, I'm completely guilty of that. Um, and there are some people who still have me blocked that I've tried to reach out to to apologize this or that. Like, And that was calculated like you were beefing with people for a clout? Well, I will like, first you just beef with people just for fun, but then you notice the numbers go up, right? And then it's right. like, well, you know, well, this is working, right? Um, mm. And there, I mean, I'm not going to drop any names because I don't want to really put anyone, you know, under the spot, but there are people on the Muslim Twitter or people who maybe don't want to call themselves part of Muslim Twitter, but are part of Muslim Twitter who, you know, have grown through beefing, right? And it's a, it's a very good strategy. Like, it works, right? Um, it gets people on your side, right? Because people love to see a hero, right? They love to see someone who's calling people out, right? It's like mm. that whole... Uh, like that lack of, uh, you know, it's like that whole when pe- people treat like minor league celebrities as if they're actual celebrities, right? The same way that, you know, a lot of like uh, clothing brands that are smaller might still get heat for maybe not knowing exactly where their like shirts are sourced, right? Things like right. that. Um, because when you try to come at a Nike or a Google, right, your voice is not heard, mm. right? Mm. But if you try to come at someone like us, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the voice it's is loud heard. loud and clear. Yeah. It's loud and clear, right? We know people who know people who got dirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it works. That's how the world works. It's not like, I don't know the Nike CEO. I don't even know his friend or anybody who knows the Nike CEO to even be able to get some dirt on this man, right? Um, but, you know, we're all, no one's perfect here, right? And no one's ever going to be perfect. It's just that some people sin in different ways and some sins are considered more or less um like bad right we, we struggle with this right like how like you know drinking alcohol is perceived worse as backbiting but i'm sure it's probably the opposite right like one is worse than the other um so yeah i mean at the time i was getting a lot of heat because obviously i was acting like a complete douchebag <laughs> like mm-hmm. as we know right uh and it started to catch up with me um definitely was just like being super reckless and just taking advantage of the cloud and stuff like that um, so honestly, I was being attacked from all angles. Like, let's, you know, saying this people like who had me blocked, you know, like when you have someone blocked, you can view their tweets. Like people okay, who've had I me block. Know. Yeah. If you have someone blocked, you can actually still view their tweets, but they can't right. view your tweets. Oh, okay. so there were people who had me blocked who were screenshotting my tweets mm-hmm. and just tweeting like extremely hateful things to like their eight, 10, 12,000 followers. And I had no idea this was going on. Oh, okay. Wow. No idea. Um, so people and then, were also trying to take advantage of you in that way. 100%. And, like, expose 100%. you for the cloud. Because how much cooler does it look if you take down someone who's bigger than you, right? Like, it's uh-huh. like, oh, he yeah. took down the giant. You know what I'm saying? Mm, and yeah. at that time, I was acting like the giant, right? You know what I'm saying? Because that's what it was. You know, you, you got, were. You're dealing with that. Yeah, you had that. You were, yeah. The, you were the talk. <laughs> yeah, and, I was the talk of the town at the time, right? Like, let's, <laughs> you know, like, unfortunately, I don't know why. But yeah. I was taking advantage of that. Do your, yeah. uh, like, fans or supporters, like, always take your side or, you know, a lot um, of the time? I urge them to look at everything mm. very level-headedly because I'm very public. Like, look, I'm not perfect at all. I'm still yeah. figuring this out. And I think part of that vulnerability is, like, what makes, like, my my core, like, supporters, like, 
more than core supporters, right? Like I've noticed that like being more like vulnerable with like my audience, obviously to an extent, you don't want to share too much, but being very vulnerable with your audience, like it helps them build that like very authentic connection. Um, yeah, I forgot I was going where I was going with that. But <laughs> I get, my question more so had to do with um, like you you said in the beginning too that you struggled with mental health and um, and that moment might have been kind of showing that and if if what is your because you you know spent a lot of time in the mosque and grew up in the mosque what is the connection between like dealing with mental health and Islam at the same time? Anytime, anytime my salah slips up. Um, anytime I'm like just that's the main anytime my salah slips up basically I just relapse just get more depressed I'm not saying this is like the cure to anything at all it's just something I've noticed in my life uh, anxiety is through the roof like I'm having mental breakdowns like panic attacks uh, whatever my salah is not right that's just how my life has operated um, so you know whether or not you know it, religion is a religion is like a hedge against the fact of whether or not a god exists, right? So at the end of the day, you know, what I had to be left if there is no god, if Allah doesn't exist, which I hate to say that, but even if He doesn't, the me practicing Islam has made my life better, right? right. So it's like I, giving you a structure. Exactly, exactly. So when I lose that structure, is when things go awol. Yeah. Yeah. And around that time, I was losing that structure. You know, Got combined it. with the fact that I had all this attention. I thought I was hot shit, you know what I mean? Like, that's what happens, you know? Since um, everything that you've uh, went through since then, uh, what's your plan uh, going forward when it comes to dealing with internet fame um, and, and your personal, like, career? Yeah, because yes. your, your Twitter name right now is Modern Imam TikTok Guy But Struggling to Rebrand. <laughs> that's so, so perfect. So that's part of so me funny. being very authentic <laughs> with um, my... Yeah. And so the actual rebrand is that I'm someone who's rebranding. I think a lot of people don't get that that's the joke. The joke is that, like, I'm rebranding. I don't know what that means. I'm figuring it out, but I'm bringing everyone along the ride, right? So now if you look through my mentions on Twitter, like, you have, like, you have, like, you know, startup founders who have been through Y Combinator. You have, like, you know, your Twitter meme lords. Like, it's weird. It's all over the place, right? Because I'm all over the place, right? Like, I'm not, like, I'm not a very singular focused person Not one yet. thing. Like, not yet, at least, right? Like, yeah, I'm like a full-time software engineer, but I also love art and design, but I'm also into business and finance and all types of things. And I want my Twitter to reflect that because at the end of the day, like, you know, if I'm being authentic, right, then my followers are going to be extremely authentic, you know? So what's next for me? I don't know. <laughs> I'm evaluating my options. I found some good, I have some good mentors in my corner, but I definitely, I definitely am going to lay off the content creation game. Um, I think I, for the longest time, I equated um, making content with making money, right? And to an extent, there is some sort of correlation there. Uh, but I think the bigger skill set is actually building a business, right? And if content fits into that business, whatever, like, so be it. But right now, Muslim influencers are so cheap, like, you know, per, like, call CPM rates for to get a Muslim influencer is so low that, like, it's really not worth my time to keep continuing to pursue this if the end goal is to build a business, right? From building a okay. business in the Muslim space, right? Like, why spend all this time creating content? Like, like this, this is Five Pillars hoodie, right? Like, shout out Five Pillars, shout out Farouk. Like, I, I didn't ask for any money for this, right? I was mm -hmm. just like, yeah, I'll you know, and many Muslim influencers don't ask for money anyway. They're like, yeah, just send me free stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we're probably one of the lowest priced influencers. Like, you take a, you take a, you know, a Muslim kid who has, like, 50,000 followers on TikTok, he's still going to take a free hoodie and rock, and rock it in three videos. You know what I mean? Just because, like, you know, it, it's been a race to the bottom, almost. You know, we're, people are just so excited to be, like, 
sent free stuff that they forget that you know they have they may or may not have the ability to like sell a product. A lot of our things that you know people when people want to collaborate with a, a quote unquote Muslim influencer also is that like um, it has to do with a lot of charity related things, nonprofits, and exactly. a, a lot of times it's like um, they'll give you the option of you know you can um, you know get this much money for it or you can choose to donate it, and then it's like as <laughs> as a Muslim kid, then you're just like well yeah i mean i'll donate it you know that's why i like what launch good did, did this year with the ramadan challenge right. um where for every like they would pay you for referrals and they'd also uh donate five times that to whatever mm-hmm. cause you want oh, right. right and i think they navigated that really well right yeah my um, brother uh was a part of that and he, he yeah he, he showed me everything he was like this is really cool that like you know they take care of you and and you know there's not that sort of thing where it's just like oh yeah you choose one thing or the other it's like no like you've done this for us so we will uh, accommodate and also like you're raising money and uh you know and and if you choose to have a percentage of that into it then everybody gets to feel good exactly Exactly. yeah you know because like you know uh uh, with the launch of ramadan challenge like because of you know alhamdulillah because allah allowed me and like my followers and everything to like get so many signups like we were able to donate more money than i would have been able to donate on my own right like that's cool you know what i'm saying that's cool to me because like maybe i don't have the money right now but the fact that i have the reach is super important and maybe that's more valuable who knows you know yeah um before we wrap up what else do you have going on what you want to talk about like the hasanat house or yeah um, yeah, yeah. The... so i guess i'll briefly touch on that because hasanat house is also going through a large large rebrand Re, reprocess re-everything um, is this your thing it is my thing so, okay yeah, yeah i don't like i don't like the term founder but i guess you could say i founded it so, well no it helps because like then we everyone knows that okay this is like you know if, if yeah so so hasanath house is uh it started off with a newsletter called dua daily that i launched in january uh it's literally just a straight forward newsletter every morning you get a dua straight in your email right pretty straightforward but people love it um one thing about email is that it's expensive to run uh, email newsletters. It, you know, sometimes you're talking like uh, some months it's like 120 to 200 dollars just because we're sending out like nobody is sending out like the volume of email we're sending, right? Like daily emails, you know, five to seven days a week. Like that's not normal in the marketing world. Mm. So we started racking up just a fat bill. We we're just like, yo, this is bread, and it's like I can donate. I don't mind paying for this. But also at the same time, I think, you know, it's okay to fund Islamic projects and have people donate and then use that money to grow them. Um, So I opened up donations like shortly after, you know, we saw how large of a bill this was bringing up. Um, And people just started donating, right? So we were able to cover the costs and then a little bit more. So I took that extra money that we had and I went to my friend um, Hamza Khwaja. Uh, A lot of people know him but don't know that they know him. He's the guy on LinkedIn who interned 10 times. Like his brain is like 10 time intern. Um, and like he gives out like internship tips. Like I'm sure everybody, everybody has seen his posts. Um, but mashallah, a really smart dude. He took that concept and he ran with it and he's doing a twice a week hadith newsletter. So we pick a hadith and the concept was, um, you know, we break it down like how to apply to school, how to apply it at work, how to apply it at home. Um, so that's running. And then also after that launched, um, I launched like a 99 Names of Allah app under that Hasanat House label. Um, and all of those, you know, did really well, over a thousand users each, which is like a good benchmark for us. Um, so now because, you know, we've been able to secure a little bit of funding, uh, I want to kind of take that to the next level. Um, so the idea is to build products that, you know, 
remind people of Islam, the religion, help them learn, but do it at scale, right? So, you know, harnessing the new latest technologies to do that, right? So, notoriously, one of my close friends, his name is Abdul Latif, he runs this project called Tartil, which is uh, it's basically like Shazam for the Quran, right? So, like, Oh, you can wow. just like you, yeah. You can just like recite into your phone, and it'll tell you exactly what ayah, what surah, everything. Pull it up right in front of you. If you're memorizing, uh, it hides it for you, and then as you recite, it fills it in, so you know you said it right. Wow. Um, and that's wow. using like artificial intelligence and machine what learning. What is this again? It's called Tartil. T a r t e e l. dot io. Is, is it out right now? Yeah, it's been out. Oh, it's been wow. out. Yeah, it works. Like I don't think people realize how crazy, like crazy. how good it is. Like. I, like I've done a couple, a little bit of promo for him, and like people are blown away because they don't know this stuff exists, right? Like, yeah, it's literally Shazam for the Quran. Like, that's imagine you wow. walk into like you know, Tarawih next year, right? And you don't know what page they on. You can just open up Tartil and it'll tell you. Mm. You know, like wow. that's ridiculous. Like that, that's cool. that's like that that's that's powerful, right? Um, I have some friends working on like you know a smart zakat calculator called Zakat.fri. Uh, you know all types of stuff, right? That Silicon Valley Muslim tech bro culture, right? Um, <laughs> so taking that, but doing it from more like a social media side of things, right? Because that's what I, I have a little bit more expertise. That's in. your expertise. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm still a technologist. But at the end of the day, you know, that's more, you know, some something as simple as you know a daily du'a. It's it's yeah. it's not about it's not about the access is there. Like anybody can go Google search du'as, right? But for a lot of people, it sucks that we think like this, but that's like a really daunting task, right? To go like seek out a book and open it up or search it, whatever. But something that's yeah. very digestible, like a daily just email, right? It just works for people, right? And mm. inshallah, they're able to benefit and I'm able to reap the rewards of that and my kids and everybody who helped with this project, right? Um, mm. So we are in the middle of, I guess that kind of was like a bunch of products cobbled together. Uh, but I have a larger vision for that, and that's to do more on the content marketing side, right? So, you know, obviously email marketing is content marketing, but I want to go really, like, I want to go hard on Instagram. Uh, we had a really good Instagram presence, but I think the content creation was just not scalable, right? Um, it takes a long time to create an Instagram post. Even if you streamline it, even if you use templates, like, it's still, like, very time-consuming. Um, so working on automating that back-end process and then being able to just schedule it out so that, you know, it posts four times a day for the next year and a half and we're just good you know yeah. and just letting that run and support itself because i think at the end of the day like if you put out enough good stuff people are going to open their wallets and fund it because they want more like it right and it's like mm. i'm not I, this is not going to be my main business at all I'm not banking on it at all i just want it to be a self-sustaining project which it already is and now that we have a little extra money we have a little funding i want to grow it yeah. what is your main business you keep saying like that's not my business this is not my business yeah. what's your I do. What's uh, your main? <laughs> he's he's rebranding. He doesn't know. No, I mean I do a lot of things outside of work. Uh, I think the main kind of side business, the main side business, like that doesn't even sound right. The main side. Uh, the main side business is working with a lot of your favorite Muslim brands and nonprofits to help them with social media strategy and content creation. Cool. So I'm and not very so public about that. It's very like closed door, like you know, like we just have a couple. Like I don't I don't publicize that I'm working with them. Uh -huh. um, it's more of like these things happen organically and then I'm turning that into you know, nice. something more. So yeah. does this mean that uh, we're not going to be seeing any more Imran TikToks or anything if you're going away from content creation? If I think of stuff, maybe. 
I mean, yeah. But honestly, like if it comes naturally. If it comes naturally, yeah. I don't want it to be forced at all. Like yeah. some, like you know, like the the PS Five, like all of the Imam PS Five jokes, like those wrote themselves, right? Like <laughs> you might, like you know, what I'm saying like give PS Five, praise Allah five, five a times one. a day, you know, like <laughs> that that type of stuff just rolls off the tongue, right? Uh, but anytime it's like difficult to come up with a piece of content, I'm never gonna force it. You know, mm. you know, creative people have to have multiple outlets, you know, because yeah. you're gonna be burnt out of one thing, and you're gonna go to the next thing and come back to it. For sure. Yeah. Uh, why don't you let people know where uh, they can find you um, wherever you choose to be? Um, At Imrani on everything. <laughs> there we go. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I guess I have a Facebook page too because you need that or something to run yeah. ads. Simple and easy. <laughs> um, I do want to say um, before we ask you our last question, um, I appreciate you a lot for coming on, being yeah. open and honest. Um, you really know, awesome. I told. I told uh, Shamir and Amber as well about our conversation that we had and that, you know, um, the goal here was to try to understand uh, there's going to be a lot of people after you and currently Michelle. like you um, that yeah, that um, <laughs> are going to go through a lot of what you go through. And, yeah. um, you know, we try to be open and honest on our podcast about the things that we go through. But the, the key here was to really like never to embarrass you in any way. Um, and I apologize if I did say anything. Not at all. That was Not at all, bro. At Not all. Bro invasive or whatever um but no i appreciate you a lot for for you know coming on here and it takes a lot for yeah, somebody yeah. to be like yo I let me wrong. confront or Jordan. you know come yeah. up and do this yeah. regardless of that like um very respectable thing uh an honorable thing for you to do um so thank you for doing that yeah no problem bro no problem. it's part of like like i said it's, it's all about giving back right like so inshallah my hope is this that one person listens to this and learns one thing that's it you know what I mean? yeah. it doesn't matter like i'm doing things that scale on the side but you know what i'm saying like these these conversations are an immense opportunity for people like you and i to really like mm-hmm. change the discourse around everything we do right so it's important and personally you know? too it's just like i love your content i'm uh i, I want to be able to root for you um and we have mutual friends so when that thing happened i was like yeah i'm not even going to touch this because i don't want to like <laughs> make it any worse or whatever and sure. so I'm, I'm glad that you know we can be on that page again and, and you never know when like you know yeah because um, there's a lot of people who are not ready to be on that page with me whether mm. they did stuff or i did stuff you know what i'm saying like and it's it's i appreciate it a lot because you know it take it like it takes a lot on your end too to be like to keep pestering me like yo let's do this podcast episode. i was like all right, all right let's do it like, <laughs> you know so no no yeah and and we we had a schedule thing too so it's you were you were on top of you like, let's do it you know <laughs> you called me right away so that's awesome <laughs> Um, so this is Strange Flavors. Uh, at the end of every podcast, we ask our guests like one specific question. So Amber, if you want to take that away. If you could describe yourself as any flavor, what flavor would it be and why? I could describe myself as any flavor, what flavor could it be? It could be uh, any flavor. Dude, I have to go with the lemon. Okay. Oh. Okay. Because like, cause like people why? who like lemons, like they know there's like pain associated with it. You know Oof. what I mean? But they just still love it, right? It's like, Oof. it's so good. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's me. That's me. That's me as a person. They're like, yo, this dude's like kind of annoying, but like, I'm into it. Damn. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's me. I so, like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, amazing. I didn't, think, I didn't think I'd be able to. That was fast. Yeah, that was quick. That was good. <laughs> no, that's a perfect answer, too. Like, uh, that's. If, if you can look at yourself in that way, like, that's, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, that's, I'm that's completely awesome. self-aware about the fact that I'm, like, annoying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but, like. Dude, you're not a- annoying, and you're not, like, you're, you're, 
if if anything, I think people would see you as cute, like, um, <laughs> yeah, like a fun, Adorable. cute person. Like, there's there's a threshold, right? Where like if you keep beating up a dead joke, right? So they'll say like the first five times you say this same joke, like it's funny, right? And then the next hundred times you say it, it's just annoying. But that like hundred and first time, it becomes hilarious just for the fact that they've stuck with it. Mm. That's what I always That's reach interesting. for. That's what I always go for. Like even with the simp tweets or whatever, like I'm gonna drop four simp tweets a day and you're not gonna think it's funny until next year this time. But like, <laughs> like that's okay with me. You know, I'm playing the long game. People are gonna be like twenty eight, like damn, this guy's still simping on Twitter. I'm like, yep. I'll be married and with four kids and shall by then, but you know what? I'm gonna still act like a simp on Twitter because it's funny. You know? Oh That's awesome, God. man. I'm I'm glad that you're able to to look at yourself and enjoy the process of that and, and be at this awesome place it's nice to see you you know like uh enjoying it and being so comfortable um so again thank you for coming on here um and and we wish you the best of luck with everything going forward all your rebranding and all the the business (laughs) ventures and all that um and uh for everybody listening uh thank you for listening to another episode of strange flavors it's been another week another flavor a little a stranger we'll talk to you next time <laughs> that was a nice outro. That's, that's cute. Y'all practice that? I'm pretty sorry.